Hi, fellow introverts. It's not too late to sign up for Melissa Renzi's Guatemala Retreat, a 10-day trip in January designed specifically for introverts and highly sensitive people. You'll immerse yourself in the magnificent, natural beauty and rich culture of Guatemala, all in a peaceful way that honors your introvert needs. That's right. There's plenty of downtime built into this trip. There's only one spot left, but it can be either a single or double occupancy. To reserve yours, go to melissanoelrenzi.com and click Retreats and Workshops in the top menu. There's also a link in our show notes. Enter the code introdeer 50 for $50 off. Again, that's I-N-T-R-O-D-E-A-R-5-0. Now here's the show. Welcome to the Introvert Deer Podcast, the show devoted to helping introverts live more peaceful, meaningful lives. We are here to remind you that you don't have to be an extrovert to be happy. Now, here are your hosts, Jen Graneman and Bo Miller. In our 100-mile-an-hour world, it's easy to feel burned out. From the moment we wake up, we're flooded with notifications, beeps, and updates. We have more information at our fingertips than any past generation could have imagined thanks to the internet, social media, and other technological advances. And there are more decisions for us to make more quickly than ever before. On top of it all, culture tells us that our success, identity, and value is wrapped up in what we accomplish and achieve. So we're driven to do, do, do. It's against that backdrop that we'll be exploring why self-care is so important for introverts. While all the noise might be exciting to thrill and stimulation-seeking extroverts, it's often more than overwhelming to introverts who need alone time to think and recharge. So today, we'll be tackling the topic of self-care for introverts head-on with thought leader Barry Davenport. Barry is a certified coach, founder of the top-ranked personal growth blog, Live Bold and Bloom, and author of over 25 self-improvement books on topics including introversion, highly sensitive people, self-confidence, relationship skills, habits, and mindfulness. She is dedicated to helping people find practical science-backed strategies for self-improvement in all areas of their lives. She's also the author of Self-Care for Introverts, 17 Soothing Rituals for Peace in a Hectic World. Barry, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. I, I think, though, after that intro, I may have to go practice some self-care. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so nice and, and overwhelming. <laughs> that's, a, that's an introvert joke. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bad one. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. I was just looking for the fanfare button on my phone here so I could play some additional music because I thought that was a great comment. <laughs> So yeah. well, thank you both so much for having me, and um, I'm I'm really happy to be here. And no, I don't need to go and practice self care right now. Only after, as we just discussed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be in for a nap. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Right. That's right. So, yeah. so Barry, how did you find out you were an introvert, and how did that knowledge change your life? Yeah, so I was kind of a late bloomer finding out that I was an introvert. I always knew that I had different preferences than a lot of my friends. I was like the little kid that at sleepovers would pull my sleeping bag off with one person and want to hang with them and would go to bed early before, you know, everybody else would. Um, and, you know, I was the one who uh, would like to go off and read by myself while other people were chatting it up. And, um, and then as I got older, I chose, ironically chose a career that is more for extroverts and introverts. I was in public relations uh, in my first career. And, you know, I just thought at the time I was lacking some energy or didn't have what other people had. But 
finally, my 40s, I took a Myers-Briggs personality test. And that's when I discovered I truly am an introvert and uh, understood what that meant and read a lot about it. And the way that it changed my life was that it, it validated me and it made me feel like, gosh, I'm not abnormal or there's nothing wrong with me or I'm not, um, you know, less engaging than these other people. Um, so it gave me permission to stop pushing myself to be someone I'm not. Mm. And that was the biggest thing. Oh, that's such a good feeling to know that, you know, you're not messed up or broken, but just different and you have valuable gifts to share. Yes, it is. And it took me a long time. I hope that uh, that a lot of people who are listening are younger and discover it earlier um, because I spent a lot of time making myself do extroverted things that really drain me. And I'm sure both of you have experienced that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, your uh, yeah. sleepover comment just made me flash back to my childhood and <laughs> think about being in a room with 10 to 15 other girls and there was me just kind of wanting to be there, but also hiding in my sleeping bag when it just all became yeah. too much. It does. It's funny how you long to be included in the group, but then once you're there, mm-hmm. you're like, oh man, I think I want to go home now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's such a delicate balance. Yeah. I had some great friends in high school and I remember going to the beach senior week and it was a calm group of friends who didn't do anything crazy. But um, the thing that we did do is stay up all night. And I was just thinking up to that point, I'm like, this was fun. Why do we have to ruin it? Why don't we sleep and then enjoy the next day? But, uh, <laughs> I uh, was always that person. With like, you. Okay, just end on a good note, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'll go our separate ways yeah, to that's sleep right. now. <laughs> yeah, sleep is crucial. So Barry, do you think that introverts are still viewed as less capable, less sociable, and less dynamic than extroverts? And if so, why? Yeah, that's a really uh, important question because I think your blog, Introvert Dear, and you know other sites like yours, Susan Cain's book, Quiet, um, have definitely helped people to awaken to the fact that introverts aren't weirdos. They're not, you know, less capable than other people, and that we have valuable qualities just like extroverts do, and we contribute as much in work in our personal lives. We have a lot to offer. Um, so it's encouraging to see that, and it's encouraging to see that there are efforts being made in the business world to focus more on emotional intelligence. You're also seeing people in the business world bringing up mindfulness practices in the workplace that I think are really important for introverts. Um, however, all of that said, I do think we are still the redheaded stepchildren um, <laughs> who aren't perceived as together or as powerful as our extroverted friends. And, and that's true, particularly in Western culture. Um, I mean, right now, all you have to do is, is look at our politics to see what's venerated and what's considered mm-hmm. weak, right? I mean, it's, it's the um, opinionated, uh, loud talking, um, you know, noisy kind of people right now who are getting a lot of attention. And I think it's, we've got a long way to go when it comes to really respecting introverts as equal contributors, capable leaders, um, uh, people who don't have some sort of um, emotional or, or mental, um, I hate to say deficiency, but issues. You know, they're not shy or they're not socially awkward or um or have some other problem that makes them want to pull back sometimes. It's not that, but it's going to take a while, I think, for uh, for this extroverted culture we live in to really 
uh, accept us as equal folk. Mm. Yeah, that's such a good point. And it's uh, another reason why the work that you're both doing is so great. So thank you for what you all are contributing to that end. Do introverts need more self-care than others? And why or why not? Uh, they do need more self-care. And it's um, there are a lot of really uh, solid science-backed reasons that they do. Um, first of all, as everybody listening knows, we're much more easily drained and more overwhelmed in social settings than our extroverted peers. Um, and in order to re-energize and to perform optimally both at work and with our family and our friends, we've got to pull back. We've got to have time for reflection and reading and creativity and taking care of our physical needs. And in fact, introverts do have more physical and mental needs than other people have and extroverts have. They have some very specific things that um, require some specific sorts of self-care. So I just have to throw it in there and say, I just had the most amazing self-care weekend ever last weekend. Oh, I don't even know. I don't even know how it happened. It was like a, um, just like a stroke of luck. My partner was out of town with his family for the weekend. And so I got the apartment all to myself and it was this magical collision of forces because the house was all mine. And you know how sometimes when you get time alone, you're just thinking about your to-do list. And so your Mm -hmm. time alone becomes not relaxing, but instead you're trying to do a bunch of things. I had Mm -hmm. no desire to do anything. I (laughs) vegged out. I I binged watched uh, something on Netflix. I got takeout. I stayed in my pajamas for half the weekend. I haven't done something like that in years. And I just have to say... Mm, That sounds like a lovely day. It was a lovely (laughs) day. A perfect day. Yeah. And I guess the the magic for me is that when I return back to work then after that weekend, I I go to a co-working space sometimes. So it's kind of like being in an open office. I know gasp, open office for introverts. But (laughs) I I walked in the door and I wanted to talk to people. Mm. I felt more energized. I know we're going to get into the benefits of self-care in a little bit later in this episode, but I just want to make the point now that that self-care just, it's not just about kind of vegging out and being in your pajamas, but it actually makes you better in your relationships and better in your job and better in your life too. That's why it's so amazing. Oh, it does. And if you can do it without guilt, that is wonderful. Yes. Yeah. And I believe we're going to talk about some strategies about how to do it without guilt uh, pretty soon here. Uh, Jen, I got to interrupt and ask, did the the cats cooperate too? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I have these two ornery. Okay. I can't say they're both ornery. One's ornery. One's an angel, just like the best cat you would ever want. (laughs) Um, They they, they did as best they could. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Self-care for kitties. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, one of them needs a lot more self-care than the other. <laughs> and it's not because he's an expert. <laughs> That's good. So, Barry, why do you think that introverts push themselves to be more extroverted to the point of stress or exhaustion? I know I've certainly been there, and I bet a lot of our listeners can relate. Yeah, because we're competing in an extroverted world. And, you know, we don't want to be perceived as ineffective or shy or weird or standoffish. I know for me, I did that in my, I had a public relations career for years and um, I did that just trying to like compete in this, in this very, um, you know, public kind of career. Um, And we're so accustomed to the squeaky wheel, getting all of the grief, getting the feedback, getting the positive accolades, getting the raises, you know, becoming the leaders 
that we have to make ourselves squeak really loud or we're going to get left behind or ignored. Um, and so we, and we don't like that feeling of um, being different. And sometimes we do feel different when we aren't the ones at the, at the sleepover who are sitting around the circle laughing and talking and we want to go sit off in the corner. So we drag our sleeping bag back to the circle, even though we really just want to read or go to sleep mm-hmm. um, because the, you know, the, we feel compelled uh, to fit in and that's a pretty human emotion, but we wouldn't feel so compelled to fit in if we didn't feel pushed to be something we're not. So can you speak a little bit about, and you've kind of already touched on this, but why is self-care so critical then? So in a nutshell, based on what we've already talked about. Yeah, well, there's some specific things that I do want to share with you because I think they're fascinating. Uh, When I was doing my research for my book, the Self-Care for Introverts book, I learned a lot that I didn't know about in terms of uh, some of our physical and emotional um, susceptibilities. Um, Like there are a lot of studies that show that extroverts have stronger immune systems than introverts do. So that makes us more susceptible, yeah, to to the infectious diseases, to um, chronic illnesses. In fact, chronic illnesses that uh, affect introverts can take a more serious course than they might for an extrovert. Um, We're also less likely to um, do something like join a gym or participate in group fitness classes. So we might not get as much exercise as our extroverted peers would because we don't like to go into those big group environments. Um, but even if, and that's something I really go over in the book is that, uh, as much as we might resist doing things like that, it's exercise is so critical because it, especially for introverts, because it gets you out of your head and more into your body for a short period of time. And it also helps you manage stress, which is a huge thing for introverts because, uh, we are much more prone to stress, to depression and anxiety, um, especially in certain situations like being, with new people or speaking in front of groups or any situation where there's a lot of stimulation that can really stress us out more than the average person. So we as introverts have to work a lot harder to manage stress uh, and to protect our health, our mental health and our physical health. We also have a higher propensity for sleep disorders. Um, And then that sort of creates this vicious cycle that can lead to chronic fatigue that then leads to depression which we're already susceptible for. Um, And then one other interesting thing that uh, I found during my research that I know is true for me is that introverts tend to have a hard time making doctor's appointments and getting checkups because we hate those interactions with doctors, being in a big crowded waiting room and then going in and getting prodded and poked and doing uncomfortable things, (laughs) you know, in the doctor's office and then having to talk about it all. And, you know, so um, we might avoid, and, and also we might have medical anxiety. I know sometimes I get that where, you know, my, I'm ruminating so much about a symptom that then I start spinning off like, oh no, it's cancer or it's something terrible. And then my mind takes over and then I get more anxious and then I don't call the doctor stupidly because I'm anxious going to the doctor. So all of those things, all of those physical, mental, emotional things do make us um, need to step back and say, okay, we got to take care of these things because we have these little, these little susceptibilities that make us more in need of some of the self-care. I will be honest on my to-do list. I've had make doctor appointment for probably six months and I just haven't done it for a lot of the reasons. But I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We yeah. just, you know, it's, it's one of those things we know we have to do, but we put off. And uh, I do get into a lot of specifics in the book about how to make 
that whole doctor thing, which is so can be really off-putting for a lot of introverts, much more, um, much less daunting, easier to do, you know, ways to break it down. So I want to go back to a point that you made earlier about introverts and their immune systems. This is really fascinating to me. Do you have a sense of why introverts have um, a weaker immune system than extroverts? Well, there are studies that have talked about that. And now I'm flipping through my book here to get to the study to to give you that information. Maybe we can come back to that one because I don't have the answer off the top of my head. Yeah, that's, that's fine with me. I know there's a lot of challenges, unfortunately, to getting the self-care that we need. I just happened to, like I said, it felt like a stroke of luck to be able to actually have a weekend of self-care. I I haven't done that for years. So what are some of the biggest challenges we introverts face as getting the self, to getting the self-care we need? Yeah, we touched on one of them at the beginning, and that was that we tend to feel guilty about taking time for ourselves. And we think that, um, Taking care of ourselves is kind of selfish or needy. It sort of, um, you know, exacerbates our feelings that we're already kind of strange, and now we have to take care of ourselves with our strangeness. So, um, you know, we don't we don't like that feeling, that guilt feeling. So we just don't do it. Um, we also question ourselves and feel bad about not being sociable enough or talkative, talkative enough, or um, or all of the things that that uh, introverts are sort of not comfortable doing. And so we don't want to reward ourselves for what we might perceive or others might perceive as undesirable behaviors. Um, we're also extra sensitive to the feelings and the moods of other people around us, especially if you happen to be a highly sensitive introvert. Um, and we want to accommodate other people. And we'll do this even at the expense of our own mental or physical health. Uh, so that prevents us from taking care of ourselves first, putting our own oxygen mask on first before we do it for other people. Um, We also struggle to adapt to the extroverts around us and to live up to that extrovert ideal of being sociable and charismatic and gregarious. Um, And sometimes we don't recognize when we've hit the wall and we need to pull back. Um, In fact, we, we often wait so long that we have to get sick or depressed or anxious or have something, you know, physical happen to us before we're like, oh gosh, I better take care of myself here. So let's talk a little bit about how we can turn the corner and turn things around and make some better decisions in terms of self-care. What are some of your top tips on how we as introverts can get the self-care we need? Yep. And Bo, I want to answer that, but I found the answer to Jen's previous question about the... so excited. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't want to leave that dangling. Um, So I'm going to read this from my my book. why do extroverts have a health advantage? It appears that extroverts may have stronger immune systems than introverts. A 2014 joint study concluded by the University of Nottingham and the University of California in Los Angeles suggests that people who were more extroverted had an increased expression of the genes that regulate the body's pro-inflammatory response. Those mm-hmm. who scored high in conscientiousness on the big five personality test, so those are the more introverted participants, had a reduced expression of these genes. So this is what makes introverts more susceptible to disease and chronic illness, if that makes sense. It's an expression of those pro-inflammatory genes. Yeah, that's fascinating. And that's that's mind-blowing on some level. I mean, I've always thought of introverts as being more easily drained by socializing and, and busyness than extroverts. But I mean, that's suggesting that 
introverts literally need more downtime and more self-care time just to fight off all the junk and the germs and other stuff that comes at us because it's harder for our Well, and one further thing that they add here is that, that extroverts may have these stronger immune systems that can deal better with infection because they're more social and they're out in the world more. And so they're exposed to more germs than introverts are. Wow. <laughs> That's, um... <laughs> Who knew, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bo, back to your question, which that you asked me, what are some of the tips that I can give you based right. on self-care? Is that uh-huh. right? That's right on. Yeah. So I would say... Uh, that reading and learning more about introverts is really important for all introverts. If, you know, like me, I didn't, I didn't know I was an introvert until I was in my forties. So just understanding the the trait, the personality trait, and that it's perfectly normal and what it means and, um, you know, what, what introverts prefer and why they prefer these things. And um, understanding that your feelings aren't weird, you're not different, you're not any lesser than your extroverted peers, all of that self-education can make a huge difference in your own self-care. Just normalizing it for yourself mm. gives you permission to to um, begin that self-care. And then I think it's really crucial that you carve out the time without any guilt to interject self-care into your daily life. Because if you don't, I mean, if you say, yeah, self-care is important, but you don't make the time to do it, then you're not really taking care of yourself. Um, if you're always pushing yourself to your limits, then you don't have the bandwidth for self-care. Um, you know, just fetching out in front of the TV, I mean, that's fun to do, and that's a good self-care thing. But if that's all you're doing, that's really not self-care. Self-care involves doing things that actually fill your tank up and help you feel better about yourself and, and more energized so you can re-enter the world and be your best. And then I think also communicating with the people who are around you, the people close to you, your spouse, your children, your coworkers about your personality type and the special um, sort of requirements that introverts have, the needs that we have for pulling back and uh, how we need to recharge and getting support from those people and having them understand is crucial because if you feel like people don't understand you, they're looking down on you, they think you're, you know, weird or extra needy, then you feel guilty and you're not going to make the effort to take care of yourself. And then finally, I think figuring out which of the self-care activities provide the relief you need in the most susceptible areas of your life and then making those activities habits. So, for example, I might not um, I might not have the problem going to the doctor, as we talked about earlier, but I might have a real problem um, with overthinking. And so, you know, where's the low-hanging fruit of your own um, sort of strongest needs in your in your um, self-care and focusing your efforts on making those self-care activities a, a daily habit. Oh, that's super helpful. Barry, I'm just trying to clarify this. As far as self-care activities is concerned, are there major categories? Like, would you classify them into exercise, rest, um, continued self-education? I mean, would you add any other categories or change those up at all? Yeah, I have in this book, I have 17 different categories. So it exercises one of them, um, uh, diet, you know, uh, uh, introvert diet. Introverts are often driven by their values when they choose their diet, but some extra sensitive introverts have to not, not only look at their values, but they have to look at the kinds of foods that um, negatively impact uh, how they feel. 
Um, I talk about creating a well care plan for yourself and sleep, the importance of sleep and why uh, you really need to pay attention to sleep. Um, learning how to get into your body because we're so much into our minds that it's really important to um, put yourself into your body and feel things physically, whether it's, you know, getting massages through meditation, uh, just standing up and moving around because a lot of introverts sit a lot. Um, then I get into talking about um, creativity, how important that is, uh, your social life, finding meaning in your life. Um, I don't, I don't want to go on and on. There's so many different categories that, that we get into, but uh, there's seven major areas. And then I, I offer a lot of self-care tips and ideas for each of those 17 areas. So I'm going to go back to something you said about self-care being an activity that fills us up. And I completely agree that self-care isn't necessarily just sitting around, vegging out. Um, you know, there, there's a lot, there are a lot of good ways to do, there are a lot of good things to do that fill you up. So I'm curious, right. what's something that you like to do that fills you up? What's your favorite self-care activity? Meditation. That is my favorite. And I think it is a really, really important um, activity for anybody because if you've done any research on meditation at all, you know the, the physical and the mental benefits that it has. I mean, it has just, the study after study has shown how it can um, improve your mental health, how it can improve your heart health. There are just so many things it can do for you. But um, for, for me, I am a, I am a ruminator. <laughs> I can get stuck in a thinking oh, pattern. And yeah, thinking through things so much. Um, you know, I used to think that, gosh, if I think hard enough about this problem, I'll figure it out. And it took me a long time to realize that, you know, there's only so much thinking that will, that will change something. Then you eventually have to get out of your head and do something about it. Right. But I find meditation really helps me manage that monkey mind, you know, manage all of that, um, that just that overthinking when your mind goes crazy and it has, it, it is really life-changing, I think. And um, I think it's something every introvert could benefit from. What does meditation look like for you, Barry? Uh, sitting quietly in a chair, um, breathing for uh, starting the meditation with breathing by noticing my, my inhalations and exhalations. Um, I often start by counting, you know, counting my breathing up to 10 and then back down again until I sort of feel my body settling. Um, sometimes I will continue that breathing and then my, my mind just sort of opens up, but other times it's much more of a struggle and I have to sort of work with the intrusive thoughts that come in, noticing them, not fighting them, not judging them, just noticing and let, letting them pass through. Um, and with time and practice, you can get to the point where those thoughts become less and less intrusive that your mind does open up more where there's more clarity, just sort of this open space. Um, I don't know who it was that referred to it as the, the space between thought. But to me, that I've always hung on to that line. It's that, like that. that crystalline, clear space between your thoughts where there's nothing. And if you can rest in that, it's just, it's just so peaceful. You just feel this freedom from all of, all of those intrusive thoughts. Yeah, it's so important to get a hold on the negative thoughts that push and shove their way into your mind and, and wreak havoc if you don't deal with them. So that's that's helpful to hear about that. Thank you. How can you yeah. explain 
your need for self-care to others as an introvert without seeming selfish? Taking care of yourself is a way of expressing your self-esteem, your self-love, your respect for yourself. Um, it's a way of letting other people know that um, you you do put yourself first in a in a positive and healthy way. Um, and I think most of us know that when we allow ourselves to become drained and exhausted and uh, unhappy, that we can't be our best selves at work. We can't be present for our loved ones. We can't be highly creative. Uh, we can't problem solve. All of the important things that are involved in, um, in, in living a balanced and healthy life are hard to do when we are uh, wrung out. And so self-care really isn't a selfish act. It is, it is a courageous and um, intentional choice for being the best person you can be. So I know we touched on this a little already, but what happens after we get the self-care we need? Well, hopefully we go back into the world and feel more energized and uh, more centered, more capable of um, stretching ourselves in an extroverted world, because the reality is we do have to do that. We, we do have to operate in a world where we are required to be with people and to socialize and um, to stand up in meetings and speak for ourselves, to present our ideas, um, and uh, to do it with confidence. And so self-care gives us that energy to, uh, to do those things that are sometimes more difficult for us than they are for other people, or we can't do them for as long as other people can. And so self-care is like taking your, your new Tesla and plugging it back into <laughs> the charger when you pull into your garage, right? Um, the Tesla's beautiful and streamlined and performs wonderfully, but you do have to take it back in and fill it back up. Yeah, great analogy there. Do you have any specific... Don't, don't you think of yourself as a Tesla? Oh, man. all the, Well, actually, I probably think of myself <laughs> as like a, a rundown pickup most of the time, to be honest. But maybe that's just my, my masculinity. Yeah. The more self-care about. No, no. It's, it's, a, it's like a good thing. Like, you know, with all the... Um, all the memories and the good experiences that go with it. <laughs> I could see that. We'll go with that. Okay. Thanks for your don't grace. Don't even ask me to name a car that I am because I don't know cars. <laughs> like I'm just oh, like a black Well, you car, do know what a Tesla is, right? I do know what a Tesla is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I got good. that one. <laughs> Otherwise, my analogy would have fallen flat. Jen, I think you'd be a Lamborghini or something. Oh, I like oh, it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that uh, flashy enough, though, unfortunately. That's or maybe a, fortunately. Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, any idea on how we can show up better in our relationships, jobs, and creative endeavors via self-care? Well, in relationships, I think by practicing presence, and that is uh, and mindfulness in your daily life. Um, you know, so many of our relationships are quick and superficial and distracted. Um, we often are so distracted just by, as you mentioned in the intro, by our, our devices, by the phones ringing. And being able to um, practice mindfulness skills, which is basically just being here now, right? Being with whatever you are doing, the task you're doing, the person you're with, the creative project you're engaged in, being present with it and 
um, trying to uh, shut down distractions, making the effort to shut down distractions, close your door, uh, look the other person in the eye, whatever it is you have to do to be in, in the flow of the current experience, I think is a great way to sort of um, put a, a pad around us that prevents some of that stimulation from overwhelming us and pulling us away and making us feel so drained. I think what I struggle the most is explaining my need for self-care to others, even though I know it's really important and I have to have plenty of it to function at my best. It's like in the moment, if someone is asking me, like my best friend or partner or family member is saying like, well, won't you come to this thing? Or, or why don't we go do this together? Even though I know that, no, I should be doing something on my own. It's really hard to say no to them. And sometimes I don't even realize that I've totally overdone it with social stuff until it's almost too late. And I'm like on the brink of an energy meltdown, you know, like, like having an introvert hangover where I just can't stand to do one more thing. So I'm just curious, do you have any phrases or specific words you say when someone is asking you to do something, you know, you need some self-care time or just some specific phrases in general to explain to our family and loved ones what we need? Yeah, I think if if your family and loved ones are introverted, they'll understand. So that's that's an easy one, right? <laughs> they get it. If if your family and friends are extroverted, then I think it's an education program that's sort of continual. You you know, I often say to my friends, "Well, I'm an introvert, so I have to do blah blah blah," or "I'm an introvert, so I didn't feel comfortable doing blah blah blah." Um, and with really close friends, I'll say, you know, I want you to know I'm an introvert, and if I if I'm quiet while we're here, or if I need to go to bed early, or if I want to go off and read my book, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's just I need to, I need to go take care of myself and, and re-energize. That's just how I'm wired. And I think those moments when a friend calls you up and they're so excited and they want you to go out, you know, and they feel deflated or hurt because you don't want to do it. You know, the best you can do in those situations is say, hey, you're my best friend. I love you. I, I would love to do this with you. Tonight, I'm so drained. I just can't. And I hope you'll understand and respect my position. And hopefully they will. And, um, you know, one of the things I think we always fear as introverts is if I say no, then they won't ever call me again. And you don't always want to say no. Sometimes you want to say yes. So it's making that preemptive strike, too, to say, you know, please call me again, because there are plenty of times I do want to go, but today I just, I just don't feel it. And I, you know, I think one of the things too, is that you have to, you have to be able to find friends and have friendships where there's mutual respect because as an introvert, we also have to step toward our extroverted friends and stretch ourselves a little bit. And we'd like our extroverted friends to step toward us sometimes and recognize when we need to pull away. Yes. So finding friends that are supportive, loving, self-aware, um, understanding, that's important. If you have friends in your life that are constantly shaming you or getting upset because you're not doing things the way they want you to do them, it might be time to re-examine those friendships. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. So we've been talking about your book, Self-Care for Introverts, and I would recommend to all of our listeners to go check out Barry Davenport's book. It's got some great tips and ideas for self-care. Could you tell us a little bit more about why you wrote it? 
Yeah, I, um, you know, finding out myself that I was an introvert and writing a lot about introverts on my blog, um, you know, I've, I've been very intrigued with them. And then I was fortunate enough to um, go to a conference called the World Domination Summit, which is like totally wrong for introverts, right? <laughs> I've actually heard great things about that conference. I have some introverted friends who is, go. Yeah, it is a great conference, um, and it's full of world dominators and a lot of extroverts, just FYI, but it's great. I, I really enjoyed it. And the one that I went to, Susan Kane was the featured speaker, and she just came out with her book. So she really gave me some amazing insights into, um, you know, what introverts are and her research about it. And I'm babbling on and now I've forgotten the question. What was the oh. question? <laughs> oh, I love I it. I do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Why you wrote it? You know, you just passed yeah, the introvert litmus test. You are truly an <laughs> yes, introvert. <you> did. <laughs> no, sorry. You are a certified an introvert. Um, yes, I got it. But I didn't do that on purpose. Um, <laughs> so as I have gotten more intrigued with introverts, I recognize that there really isn't a lot of information available for introverts about how to take care of these specific needs that they have. There's a lot of information, a lot of books on um, why we are who we are and, um, you know, what makes an introvert an introvert and how we can operate at work and things like that. But books that really say, hey, you can step back and do this and, and give yourself permission to take care of yourself. I just didn't see a lot out there about it. And I, I looked for it for myself, and I think it's so important to have some validation. You know, the way that Brene Brown um, validated being vulnerable, I think it's important for introverts to be validated in having the needs that they have. So that's what inspired me to write it and to offer. Um, I'm all about giving people really actionable information that um, has some science backing to it, that has uh, application that is realistic that you can do in your everyday life um, that isn't too woo-woo and out there so it's just conceptual but you don't know how to apply it and so that's what this book is about really giving people some some things they can do for the real issues that they're dealing with that will that will have results in their life and will make them feel better and make them feel uh, more capable of going back into the extroverted world with more energy more enthusiasm uh, capable of, of being their best and confident in who they are. Barry, we've talked about a lot, a lot of great strategies, great insights. In your opinion, what do you think the most important thing our listeners should take away from today's show is? Yeah, that's a really great question. And, you know, I think, first of all, just being able to say, I'm cool with who I am. I'm, it is perfectly great uh, that I'm an introvert and I'm happy being an introvert. And um, um, I know that there's nothing wrong with me, and I'm sure you've given enough uh, advice on this podcast and on your blog that if introverts are listening, they know that, that it's a perfectly normal trait, and you've probably educated them very well on that. Um, but I also would like to take, take it a step further and say not only is it great to be an introvert, but it's great to take care of yourself as an introvert. And it's um, really important to express your self-esteem that way, uh, to let other people know that you are fine putting yourself first every now and then. In fact, that you need to do that in order to, to be your best self, to be a great parent, to be a great spouse, uh, to be a great boss, to be a great employee. 
Uh, you need to be able to, to step back. You don't have to push yourself to the absolute limit in order to prove something. Um, you have a lot to offer, and you can offer those things within the parameters of how you best operate in the world. Getting really specific, what's one thing our listeners should try within the next two weeks related to self-care? Okay, so I mentioned this before that everybody has like some area where they need the most attention and care. Um, so whether it's that you're overstimulated by people at work um, or you're avoiding exercise or your mind is causing you a lot of anxiety, whatever that happens to be. And I think everybody listening can think of one thing that pops in their mind like, boy, this is where I'm really overdoing it as an introvert. That's the place to start. That's where you need to start is that one place. Um, and then you can go to my book or look online or look at your blog and find some ideas for self-care in that specific area. And then work on making those activities or one activity a new habit for every day so that you are adding some one little thing in your life that's going to lighten the load a little bit. It's going to make you feel more rejuvenated. It's going to make you feel more fulfilled or inject some meaning into your life or add creativity or get you to the doctor if that's what you need to do. Um, and start with small behaviors, small changes, a little bit at a time. You don't have to, you know, try to change everything at once, just one thing at a time and start chipping away at those things, those areas of your life where you're not honoring your introvert needs. Um, and then over time, you'll add more and more of those things as you feel more comfortable um, and depending on the amount of time you have during your day to do that. Sometimes it's those little tweaks that make the biggest difference and keeping at it over time is a big deal too. And I'm excited to ask you this next question. It's more of a personal one, but I know you're a big reader. So on a personal note, what do you think the best book you've read recently is? Yeah, I, um, I've been thinking about that question. I read a lot of fiction books at night just to relax because that's one of my self-care activities. Um, and because I write a lot in the self-improvement space, during the daytime, I'm reading and looking at a lot of self-improvement kind of books. But there's a book that my son recommended to me that I've been reading that I am just totally intrigued with and blown away by. It's by a feminist writer named Bell Hooks. And the book is called The Will to Change, Men, Masculinity, and Love. Mm -hmm. And it's about the ways our culture has cut men off from their emotions and from their ability to be vulnerable. Um, and, you know, it's... Uh, a lot about how um, sort of the, the male-dominated society early on in men's lives have um, sort of trained men that they shouldn't feel or shouldn't express their feelings in a lot of ways. And I think for introverts, and especially men who are highly sensitive introverts, who have had to quash their emotions and pretend to be, you know, the tough guys or pretend to, uh, you know, to be non-emotional or to be, you know, not cry or all of those things that in our culture seem to be venerated with men. Um, this book really is eye-opening and liberating to say, you know, we're, we're doing a disservice to men by not allowing them to have this aspect, this normal natural aspect of their human nature. Finally, Barry, how can our listener learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, they can go to my site, liveboldandbloom.com, um, and that's 
a way to read a lot of different articles that I write on various topics, including introversion. Uh, and then visit my Amazon author page and they can see the books that I've written. Um, so, and if anyone wants to email me, there is a contact form on livebolden.bloom.com. Barry, thank you so much for talking with us today about self-care and for sharing your insights and for being on the show. Uh, it was my pleasure. I had a lot of fun and you guys are the most extroverted, introverted <laughs> podcast hosts that I've encountered. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Introvert Dear Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being quiet and spending time alone.